0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio.
1: That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour. This is indeed the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to have Katie Prada, the superintendent of schools, the director of schools, the boss, in yeah. <laughs> studio, in person, <laughs> as I used to say when we first got a color TV, live and in color.
2: Live yeah. and in color and in person. Yeah. Yes, it's, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for Welcome. having me.
1: Good to have you with us. What, we're about a little over a month into school now. Yes. It's actually officially fall.
2: I know. I was thinking about you this morning, actually, because on the news they were saying, you um, well, this made news that it was so crazy that the first day at UC Davis, it was raining for yes. the students. And yes. I thought, this is news? And I <laughs> thought, I got to ask Bob about this. You know, his his uh, hometown, Davis, yes. over there.
1: Davis, uh, you know, it's, it's weird because Sunday and Monday, it's like a cell just came over Davis yeah. and just poured and poured and poured. And I get up and, and, and open the paper and it says, Sacramento got, you know, half an inch and... You know, Carmichael got a quarter, of it, and Davis got three inches of rain. <laughs> it was flooding every—I mean, not flood into your house, but but you know, the the drains get clogged, clogged up. Yeah, and so all the streets are just lakes.
2: Oh yes, I um, don't know
1: if they're a foot deep or three feet deep. You just we don't, don't know. Really, have a river there, so yeah. you know, nobody well, was really afraid. It sounded
2: disastrous for the students' first day at UC Davis. Oh, yeah. well, so it never <laughs>
1: rains in September. I know.
2: I know it's actually been pretty surprising.
1: And they're supposed to be but bright students. that, you know, they I know, could figure it out.
2: I know, I know. You know put Very your, bright.
1: Put your put your laptop over your head <laughs> as an umbrella.
2: Actually, even when it started raining the other day, I was, I was thinking, I don't really think it's going to rain. You know, so I'm not going to pack an umbrella.
1: <laughs> no. Well, yeah. Even, even as they were predicting rain, I said, No way. Me too. know
2: yeah. And everyone kept telling Katie, It's going to rain. Katie, It's going to rain. And I was like. Eh.
1: And, of course, every kid in the neighborhood, when thunder and lightning started hitting, they went to go out and play in the yard. Yeah. And I'm going, stay away from the trees. Stay away from the light pole.
2: (laughs) Anyways, that was my morning thought of you this morning. Well, very good. That's
1: that's better than some people have morning thoughts of (laughs) me, Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) So, schools
2: schools we are off and running um it has been sort of a whirlwind to the beginning of the year as it always is um but this year just it feels lighter it feels calmer it feels more positive i just think everyone um was excited to be starting in in the situation that we that that we were in when we started um a little less covid
1: is this the first year you haven't given much thought to COVID or were you still just COVID is just lurking?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely still here and it's going to be here. So there was a lot of, you know, just over summer, just being in communication with different counties and, you know, even at one point our, you know, county health department, they're like, we don't know, we don't know, you know, so, but we were just in discussions and talks and okay, what is it going to look like when we come back, you know, and then there was just a lot of praying. And fingers crossed. <laughs> so I'm glad to say that yes, we came back to school under a lot of um, guidelines, but yeah. but guidelines. Um, instead of well, the president of necessarily declared mandates. it over the
1: other day, so, <laughs> so it's gone. I, I didn't know he had that kind I, of power, I but
2: no idea. <laughs> 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 Poof. Yes, yes. So it's it's nice just to be focusing on what, what we do best and focusing yeah. on mission. And um, we're just back at it. Fall sports are back. Um, uh-huh. You know, and just everything's in person, which is great. So
1: you mentioned the word mission, and I hear that over and over again every time I inter- interview a principal or yourself or yeah. or anybody involved in Catholic schools they said that you got through that because of a sense of mission people were doing double duty triple duty um doing things that were a lot harder than they signed a contract for exactly and and all because of a sense of mission
2: yes yes all, all because we truly truly believe that our number one job is you know creating disciples of jesus and mm-hmm. and you know bringing students to christ um Absolutely. I mean, we always talk about – I mean, we joke. I mean, think anyone in any, you know, private, public, school, in the education field, you, you just wear so many hats. Yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, during the pandemic, it was multiplied.
1: <laughs> so what was what was the worst – I don't know worst is the right word because if it doesn't kill you, it makes you better, write, you right? Right. What was the hardest part of the pandemic, starting with, you know, the end of March of – March thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. There it is. You know, yeah. Uh, Two thousand twenty. You were still in,
0: in. I was still a principal. Yes, in I was a nation. principal. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I think the hardest part. I and I think that that would vary for everybody mm-hmm. who was you know who experienced that in a school setting, and every school setting is different. So I think yeah. you know that obviously varies. I think, in my personal opinion, as a principal at the time, I think it was trying to balance just the emotions mm-hmm. of your staff of your students and your of your parents because everybody was at a different stage yep. um and there were so many different opinions so just trying to create a space where you know especially your staff felt taken care of and that right. they were in a safe situation you know um while also kind of being a big cheerleader, because it was, you know, we moved to distance learning so right. quickly. There right. was, you know, we had a weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, three days. Yeah, and we did it on the fabulously. Third, on the third. It's very b- biblical, you know. <laughs> you were supposed to be ready by exactly, Sunday morning. But <laughs>
2: exactly, but that's what I mean. Everyone is truly in it for mission, because it yeah. was, it was like you know, we are not going to let these kids down. We are not going to let our families down. Um, we will figure it out together, yeah. um, and I think it brought us all closer. That was You were going
1: to figure it out. You weren't just going to throw your hands in the air.
2: No, we weren't going to wait for somebody, you know, to come along and say, "This is how you should be doing this," or yeah. "This is how this should be rolled out." It was.
1: You kind of became the example.
2: I mean, yeah, yes. I think all all of our schools did such an amazing job at that. There was really no waiting time. Um, and it's funny, you know, in hindsight, I think back to the, that staff meeting when it when it first was we're going to close, we're going to move to distance learning. And I just kind of remember taking a pause and mm-hmm. everyone looking at each other, you know, very confused and like, yeah. what are we doing?
1: <laughs> See, when, when I was growing up, Zoom was a breakfast cereal. You mixed it with hot water, yeah. put a little brown sugar on it, and that was breakfast.
2: Yes. <laughs> and now
1: all of a sudden, everybody's talking about Zoom, and I'm going... Zoom,
2: what's that? Yes, yes. Um,
1: Wish I had stock in Zoom. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) But I I do think so many blessings have also come out of it. You know, we've learned so much. I think it's been a great opportunity too, especially this year, to really – look at some of the things that we did change, you know, and looking at traditions of we used to always do something this way um, and, and altering those so that we could still do them, but in a, in a safe way. Um, So looking at those two and saying, this was a new vision. Did this work? Did this not work? Did we like the old way? How can we reinvent and be Mm -hmm. creative um, to help move us forward? So
1: looking back on it, if, if you had to do over again, I know you had to follow a lot of rules that weren't your own, Mm -hmm. but if you had to do over, were there mistakes made that that you'd go, if we're in this situation again, we wouldn't do it. We wouldn't have done this. We would have done that.
2: Um, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. They'd
1: be, uh, you know, honest mistakes. I mean, the medical profession made many mistakes because they didn't know what they were, not mistakes, but they didn't know what they're dealing with. They didn't know how to treat it.
2: Right. Um, yeah, I'd have to really think about that in in terms of what I felt like where we where we you know fell short. Mm-hmm. I just think there was so it, everything was very reactive. So if there was any way that we could have been proactive, right. um, by any means, but that's nobody's fault because it was you Well, know, right off
1: the bat. I mean, it's 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 like we think it's the plague, right? At the start, it seemed to be because they didn't know how to treat it, right? And all these visions of people on ventilators and, and, you know, bringing, you know, trucks up for the bodies near the hospital and just all these images we were seeing, you had to be reactive.
2: You had to be. You'd be
1: crazy not to be.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, Um, and I think it was – it was as the information was coming out, that's we were receiving it at the same time as the general public, right, basically. Right. So, you know, we were definitely making decisions on the fly. And I think for, you know, forever for, for what it was, we did the best we did the best we could.
1: <laughs> yeah. So have you seen any um, drop off in performance, anything like that? We We hear that a lot. I think almost more at the at the high school or maybe middle school, high school level than the younger kids.
2: Mm-hmm. This was actually really interesting. And, and last year, I know that there was so the news, there was a, there was so many articles and reports um, about learning loss. Uh, and we actually did a comparative analysis sort of of our Renaissance. We use Renaissance star data. So we do testing four times throughout the year. So we really kind of delved into that to see. You know, how are our students doing? Where are they at? We do this every year, but um, it was great. And we we were so happy to share that news with our families because our students uh, in across our diocese, across all grade levels, um, they actually did did amazing. I mean, they Mm -hmm. outperformed, you know, other Catholics, other dioceses across the nation. Um, They improved in both reading and math. uh, And that was across the board. So. Wow. We were very, we were really excited. Um, and if anything, I was so excited to share that news with our teachers and our principals because it was yeah. it was congratulations, this is what you have done. You have fostered right. this environment um, and and to be able to manage that and just build communities where you know that's all of those skills are fostered. Um, it was just amazing. and I think it was just a great affirmation of, of what they did. That's and amazing. how they like, stepped up.
1: I mean, there was a time there where it was like, well, we're just gonna just repeat third grade, or we're gonna mm-hmm. just repeat, you know, because nobody learned anything, right?
2: Right. So,
1: so as we go forward, are there any things left over that you decided that you put in place because of COVID, but you decided, oh, this this is a good way to do it, whether it's at recess or lunch or PE or uh, the. No, we're going to leave that that way because it turns out that's a better plan.
2: Right. Uh, we don't have anything necessarily from from the diocesan standpoint, so nothing system-wide yeah. that looks the same in that way. But we have really supported and empowered our principals uh-huh. at, at each site level to make those decisions, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they know their communities best. Sure, and they know, sure. you know, what's in the best interest of the There's students. There's a lot of
1: difference in this diocese between one community and another. Oh, yes. As you
2: know. If <laughs> you didn't know, you yes. learned it. <laughs> <laughs> so we do you know what we can to just support their decision and empower them to you know take ownership for that you know they they truly do know their community best um because we are so vast
1: and our our schools like every other they, they've everything's become political what you're having for dinner has become political you know <laughs> it's like and you're in the middle of that
2: yes yeah, sometimes that can be very tricky yeah as you know
1: and you've got i mean we have 20 20 counties all of them different. And uh, what we have schools in 11 counties. Uh-huh. And so there's 11, <laughs> 11, not not just county health departments to deal with, but county government right. and parents. Yes. And students. And yes. They're, they're all very different.
2: All very different. Yes, uh, absolutely.
1: Could you take some body blows?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I tried my best.
1: Well, you know, I've I've talked to a few teachers, not not in the Catholic schools, but a few teachers I know in my hometown just have been in the profession a long time, mostly in the public schools, that said they were suffering from burnout.
2: Oh, I, I can, absolutely. And
1: actually, you know, actually looking around like, okay, maybe, maybe. And a lot of it, according to most of them, was because of parent interaction. Mm-hmm. It just got to be it just got to be too much. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm already teaching these kids 5 <laughs> days a week under difficult circumstances and now I'm having all these parent meetings, you know.
2: Yes. Well, and everybody's you know, not just opinion or view, but just their emotions around, yeah. you know, certain topics are so strong and I think for 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 principals and and for teachers they are somebody that uh, that we partner with our parents, so we right. work really closely with them, um, and we are people who they come to and and can voice those sure. right and and typically we figure it out. How can we help you? How can we make this better? Right. You know, we want to hear your concerns. We wanna we want to improve in whichever area. Um, so I think that that's a natural forum, you know, or a natural outlet for them. But during COVID, it was yeah. It, I mean, it I think was it's one lot. thing
1: to, to go to a teacher and say, "Hey, my kid's getting a D in math. What can we do to fix this?" And you're Absolutely. both on the same page. But the parent comes in and says, "My kid's getting a D in math because you make him wear a mask." <laughs> yeah. Then you're in. Then you're just in this tough yes. spot. You're you're enforcing <laughs> yes. rules that maybe you agree with, maybe you don't agree with. But but yes. you have to enforce them. Yes. That's what the government's saying right now. Right. Or, or at the time and.
2: Right. Th- and th- even, in the, communi- even it, it, in the same community, even in the same communities, com- yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, there's no one community that's completely 100% in favor. No. A favor of everything.
2: No. So I think it was just a new experience for everybody. Uh, and we are fortunate that we, you know, are are working hard just to retain our teachers. Um, you know, cuz that's hard and right now with the national teacher shortage, yeah. you know, it's diff- it's been really difficult. Um so fortunately, you know, we're we're staffed and you know, we've hit the ground running, but I, I just worry. I worry yeah, about all some, schools.
1: Some remote places that are offering incredible money for teachers, nurses, oh, doctors. I mean, come you know, you go have to live in those places and you mm-hmm. might not want to, but you you're gonna really be rewarded for doing so.
2: Yes, absolutely. I even looked them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I,
1: I, I know we have a lot of nur- I have a, 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 a nephew Who is Decided at about age 30 He was going to go to nursing school There are a lot of nurses in our family And he says I'm going to be what they call a traveling nurse Oh And you get your RN and you you commit to I don't know six weeks at a hospital here And then he loves to travel anyway he's single
2: Oh amazing And, and
1: then you go six weeks someplace else But he said that, I mean the figures he was citing were just Unbelievable It was just like you know like wow to be 30 and <laughs> yeah
2: maybe I should think yeah, about I know. that it was, like, it was like
1: but there's just that much of a shortage
2: yes yes and that's scary for our future for everybody sure is you know yeah hey so I heard through the grapevine that you are going to be the super quiz MC this year for our academic decathlon they
1: wanted someone that they could find where all the kids were smarter than that person. <laughs>
2: I was jumping for joy, so I just want to verify that this is true. I want to, I want confirmation. Okay, I could not be more excited because I was the MC last year, and now I can pass (laughs) that baton.
1: (laughs) Do I get, do I get a gavel or something?
2: I mean, (laughs) this is it is a big deal, and I think I told you last year that I had to really study. Yes. a few days in advance.
1: Apparently um, they have not seen my college transcript.
2: <laughs> no, you're going to be fantastic. So I am thrilled. So thank you. Well,
1: I'm thrilled too. Thank it's you. in March, I believe. Yes, March. it's in
2: March. I know we plan. Yes, in schools we plan very far yeah. ahead. So
1: Is it at St. James again?
2: Uh, yes, I believe it'll still oh, be at well, St. James. Be a, I can ride my bike. Oh, yeah. yeah you're you right to, hopefully it's not raining. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You
1: never know in Davis. Yeah. You know, it's got its own weather.
2: <laughs> hey, and um, we did just decide today on our speech contest topic oh good i can't tell you what it is because it's a surprise but i do know how um you love talking to the kids who who, who participate in that yeah. and i'm excited so hopefully they'll get to come and and share with you in person this year because i don't be, think they didn't yeah. come in person last. yeah mm-hmm. no yeah. We love packing this
1: room and yeah.
2: They're so fun. It's such a great experience. For so them.
1: do I have a title now? I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm going to come up with a grand so, well, something. Well,
2: yes. It's a hat or
1: something to wear. I or? can
2: definitely get you a hat. I mean, and it's serious, and people look at you like you really know what you like. Like you're doing. Alex
1: Trebek. Absolutely. Yeah. They're
2: going to be like cheering, <laughs> throwing things. I don't want to scare you away, though. <laughs> I'm
1: looking forward to it. I haven't circled. I think it's, it's a Saturday, right?
2: Um, so, no. Saturday? Was it? Is it a Saturday? I can't hear, be a I Sunday. Can't. We'd all be in No, mess. no, it's not on a Sunday. Come could, on now. Or it could be a
1: weekday. I think it's early March.
2: Yes. I, I Yes. I'll get you the my exact My
1: people have date, it on my calendar.
2: I'm sure yeah. they do. <laughs> I know we had to go through like three people my to teenager. even talk to you. <laughs> Dad, uh, it's Friday.
1: <laughs> no. So, athletics.
2: Athletics Everything are back.
1: Is, it's just fabulous.
2: I know it's, it's really, it's just really good. There's a really good feel to this new year. Uh, we, we have ministry days coming up on Friday. We haven't had that in a few years where all of our teachers and and principals and they come. So we're having mass with Bishop, um, you know, what a great day too, just for a formation. We have some excellent keynote speakers. So we are all really excited just to get back to that. Um, and obviously we've had we've had time to kind of restructure that and improve, mm-hmm. you know, what that day should look like. So we are excited for that day. Um, yeah, and just moving and grooving.
1: And then uh, any, any new initiatives for this year?
2: So we actually, I know we started this conversation, we'll talking about RAIN and then right. talking about mission. Um, so we are really focused on mission. And one of the huge initiatives, obviously, for the bishops is the Eucharistic Revival. Absolutely. So our schools, our principals are collectively working on creating intentional opportunities for students and families to experience this, the strategic mm-hmm. pillars of the Eucharistic Revival. Um so we just kind of kicked that off, and then you—I I think we have talked about Laudato Si. I know last year the speech yeah, contest was right. on Laudato Si, um, and so we just released Lori Power, our associate superintendent. She worked closely with um, a, a great curriculum group in our in our California, our Catholic among our California Catholic right. um, diocese. So they have created some modules for environmental stewardship under the direction of the bishops, Very and good. so we just. Released that actually um, in September. I know I was thinking, gosh, are we in September? Oh, almost October almost already? October, yep, yeah. so September. So we just released those. Um, so we have
1: St. Patrick's stuff in the stores now. So. They do. <laughs> I'm surprised. I, I saw Halloween stuff before Fourth of July. I did too, actually. It, I did remember be, that. It should be illegal because it's immoral. to... <laughs> To already have stuff for one holiday before you've had the other. It's holiday. just
2: not okay. It's not okay. It's definitely not okay. God gave
1: us all these holidays to kind of pace ourselves.
2: Yes, and one of my favorite holidays is Thanksgiving. Um, and so my, I, my have avoid, yeah, no, I have to I avoid. Yeah, I have to avoid the stores because I I am someone that I don't listen to Christmas music until yeah. after the day after <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I totally understand.
1: Next, we're gonna walk out of here and they're gonna be a truckload of Christmas trees. Oh, going for out, sure. I <laughs> just jinxed myself. In September. <laughs> they're dry by the time you buy them. <laughs>
2: yeah. Exactly. Turning
1: brown. Yeah. Uh... I used to, I used to run a contest in my newspaper column. Well, I still run it. And it's called the Tannenbaum Bomb Toss, where I went to see a picture of the first Christmas tree in the gutter.
2: Oh and
1: like 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 what is you know, and the yes. first the first winter was December twenty first. And I'm going, what? what? What what? And now all I could figure is the college student who so loved Christmas <laughs> that before he or she went home oh. put a Christmas tree in yes, their apartment. Yes, yes. Okay. You know and <laughs> And then you know, then they're going to be gone for three weeks or something, and yeah. so they put it out in the street, oh. as opposed to somebody who didn't like Christmas, which is yes. kind of your first thought. Yes, you know, and so it's it's uh, I get all kinds of photos December now. December twenty first, and the latest was June the sixth. June. And this thing was brown. I I, I mean, am- isn't that a fire hazard? Well, I think. Uh, well, I'm imagining <laughs> that that one they had. Maybe they had the tree near a, a back sliding door or something, mm-hmm. and one spouse kept telling the other spouse, "We need to take the tree down. We need to take the tree." Yes. And finally, the one spouse just took it and tossed it in the backyard. <laughs> you know, and then and then about four months later. <laughs> Decided to by dark of night to yes. haul it and probably put it in front of the neighbor's house. Oh, absolutely! Yeah,
2: As, I mean, I would.
1: <laughs> that's why we have confession, right?
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get any pictures with them thrown out, decorated stuff? Yes,
1: yes. That's the. That's, that's the, just the, unbelievable. The, it's the weirdest part.
2: Yes, I'm gonna have to see all these. Yeah, I'll yeah. send them send to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's, it's, it's a fun contest. That sounds really Tantan fun. bomb toss.
2: Okay, okay. I'm going to keep my eye <laughs> out for it. <laughs>
1: so any big events coming up? In the, don't we have some open houses in October? Various schools, various um, high, some of the high schools, I think. Too. Yes,
2: the high schools, because right now is is time for yeah. We have shadow days going on, right. and you know a lot of the high, a lot of our high schools are welcoming students in just to come and see. They all host open houses. Yeah. Um. So yes, that is definitely going on. And then January will be our big open house for right. all of our yeah elementary right. schools with cat. It coincides with Catholic Schools Week.
1: And so last year you had an, actually an increase in enrollment
2: we did last year we saw nine percent we had a nine percent increase which was really yes amazing
1: and have you managed to retain most of that we
2: have managed to retain yes we are doing our sort of our final numbers now but as of right now we're we're even we're still up nine percent we might see a small increase uh Mm -hmm. in the coming month when we finalize all of those numbers but for right now we've at least retained um and we're still you know up that that much so how
1: has inflation affected you folks
2: oh absolutely i mean and we that's the kind those are the the types of things that keep us all up at night um in schools you know how what what can we do to offer more financial assistance how can we pay our teachers more uh you know it, it we're fortunate that it hasn't affected our enrollment by much, but yeah. I'm just, we're concerned and looking ahead in terms of, okay, what is it going to look like as we move forward? Um, but I mean, it's, fa- hasn't it affected all of us?
1: It, oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I can, but I can see people going, wow, uh, you just, whether you go to your favorite grocery store or you go to a Costco or a Sam's oh, Club, it's, it's uh, I see it at, at a Costco where, you know, because you, you kind of buy it in bulk and you know, it's about half pride, just is, yes. you know, and, and. And you you go wow I don't remember paying that much like it's like 50 percent higher or something you know it's just oh it's uh, crazy and the grocery stores are out I mean they're out of control a loaf of bread is like seven bucks
2: oh I know and gas I mean it's and just, gas uh, it's...
1: which in California has started going back
2: up I know
1: we thought okay it's going to come down it's going c I was in uh, South Dakota a week ago gas was three fifty nine a gallon. Wow. Of course, you have to live in South Dakota, but, you know.
2: I actually, one of my college roommates was from South Dakota, and she badly wanted me to come home with her and visit Mm -hmm. during our Christmas break. And I just had to tell her.
1: You didn't have enough clothes. I said,
2: Lauren, I do literally do not have enough clothes, nor do I even know what I would bring to be warm enough in South Dakota in winter.
1: Yeah, you just stay indoors.
2: Yes. Yeah. Aberdeen is Aberdeen. I Aberdeen, think she's from yes. Aberdeen. Yep.
1: yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice little. My mom was in North Dakotan. Oh, okay. And I didn't realize those people don't like each other. South Dakota, North Dakota. Oh, really? They don't like each other. Oh. They don't just say, well, we're from the Dakotas. It's like, it's Sodak and Nodak. Oh. Yeah. It's like, wow. It's nasty. So Isn't there the uh,
2: fairy tale land or, or what is that called? Fair- oh, I don't in,
1: in South Dakota? Yeah.
2: Well, or maybe it's North Dakota.
1: There's, well, South Dakota has the Badlands, which are oh, okay, yes. Fabulous. Well, yes, yes. And that. Mount Rushmore. Yes. And my picture is not on Mount Rushmore. It will be after I emcee the, the thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to need a really good headshot the, yeah, for that, yeah, by we the way. Yeah, we've got to get,
1: get <laughs> chisel and the dynamite out already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And North Dakota is where uh, Teddy Roosevelt hung out before he oh. became president.
2: Huh.
1: Probably just in the summer.
2: I, abs- yeah. I would, I would assume. Yeah. Yes.
1: But they're, you know, they're kind of salt of the earth people, though. Yes. They really no,
2: oh, they abs- really are. Oh, they are. Yes, just some of the best people I have ever met. My
1: my mom used to tell my kids, her grandkids, these stories about going to school. She lived on a farm in the Depression. with mm-hmm. Seventeen kids in the family, and her older brothers would drive the horses in this sleigh through the snow, <laughs> and her mom would heat bricks. In the oven and wrap them in in a blanket and put it near their feet to keep their feet warm,
2: oh man, and goodness. the kids were
1: just like, "Oh, you know, I've never seen snow you know and and
2: isn't that incredible and then she
1: said they had a snow house if you got to school and then it started to snow, you had you would go stay with the Crandalls or the Joneses yeah, that whoever, was your snow right? house, yeah, you just automatically went there after school. They just thought it was just fabulous,
2: oh, I think that's amazing, yeah,
1: and that's the way those those the people tend to be. They just yeah, take but, care of each other.
2: Yes, which is definitely, yes, the epitome of, yeah, a, of yeah. a community. <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe we should go, uh, maybe we should we go sh- on a field should, trip we there. We should go on a field trip there, take the kids and see a different kind of community service. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> take notes. Yes, we we'll take indeed. some notes. <laughs>
1: well, Katie, always good to see you. You too. Things are, things are great, and uh, I know our schools are That's in okay. good hands. And oh, thank you. So... It's God been a pleasure. God bless you and all your teachers and principals and students and Thank you. all those parents.
2: Woohoo! Here <laughs> we go. All right. We'll
1: take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916- 725- 4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights, and we certainly thank uh, the Saint Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Pastors Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour.
2: Hi, this is Laura Lynn, Assistant Director for Lay Formation, and you are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thanks, Laura Lynn, for
1: that wonderful introduction and for all your great work here in the Diocese of Sacramento. And speaking of great work, we are pleased to welcome in Blake Young, the CEO and President of Sacramento Food Bank, Blake. Uh, good to have you on the tr- program. Wish it was in person, but I know you're a busy guy.
0: Oh, uh, never too busy, Bob. I'm just happy to be on. Thanks for that. I
1: know you're you're very generous with your time, and uh, greatly appreciate you. Ta- well, you know, taking the time. But we have we're turning the calendar. It's fall. Um, it rained, <laughs> and. Uh, um, all I can think about. I actually saw a "Run to Feed the Hungry" T-shirt the other day in Costco. It wasn't for sale. It was <laughs> some guy was wearing it, and I said, "Wow, that's right around the corner."
0: Well, you would not believe where I've actually seen, and my staff have seen. In fact, I got—I won't bore the listeners, but one of our one of our employees came back from Africa a couple of years ago, and <laughs> believe it or not, believe it or not,
1: somebody
0: <laughs> was wearing. A run to feed the hungry shirt. So uh, wow. it's a, it's, a, it's a great event. This will be our 29th. I'm actually really excited. Next year will be our 30th. That's quite a milestone. But just just feel blessed to have an event go so this long and have so many people that have such you know rich history and make it a, a family tradition. We're just we're just lucky to be a part of it.
1: So are you aiming for thirty thousand on the thirtieth?
0: You know, it's that's a great question. Um, I have, uh, we have hoped to get thirty thousand just to reach that number yeah. for t- ten years. And a lot of people don't realize that Run to Feed the Hungry is interesting in this way. We stay about the same amount of people, and here's why: If you're a married couple with three kids, at some point your wife is going to win if her parents live in Minneapolis. Yep. Yeah or they live in LA and you're not going to get to stay in Sacramento every single time for Thanksgiving, regardless of the run to feed the hungry. So what we find is there's about a 30% turnover rate every year. But ironically, like if you, if you looked at the turnover rate for maybe two or three years, people come back, but a lot of people leave for, you know, a year to go wherever else vacation or wherever else they go. So I think it'd be wonderful to hit the 30,000 mark we've hit. Twenty nine thousand six hundred and fifty. Wow. So to, to hit 30 on the 30 would be really fun. Um, but gosh darn, I'll tell you that we have a lot of momentum this year. I think that there's a just a huge appetite for people to break bread together on this day. And I I think we have momentum this year to do some really neat things.
1: Oh, that's 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 just great. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very familiar with that. Every other Thanksgiving alter ever since I was a little kid, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, uh, you know, relatives in North Dakota, relatives just in Daly City, but it takes you out of the town. You know,
0: it, it it takes you out of the town, and I'll tell you, I can't. I I mean, this event is so important to us, and and I I, th- I find myself saying this every every year, which is kind of sad in the sense that the demand for our services has gone through the roof again. And if you remember our conversation with the pandemic, right. You know, we, we were barely holding on. But ironically, um, I, we looked at, in in preparation for our talk today. I had my team send us some numbers just in the past four months. And um, it, they're pretty, they're, they're actually, uh, you'd be surprised. In, in May, we, we provided food to about 215,000 folks. In June, we hit 230. In July, we hit 250. Oh. And last month. We hit two hundred and seventy thousand people oh that we provided gosh. food for. So, if you if you if you remember back before the pandemic, we were feeding about one hundred and fifty thousand right. people. So, to think two hundred and seventy thousand this far away from the pandemic, uh, you know, you know, it's inflation. You know, the co- it's the cost of goods. Uh, but that just really tells you how how dire a lot of families in sacramento wow. county are and i i mean i'm we're just honored to be able to help them out have you
1: had have you had to cut back in what you're able to offer
0: well i, I think a better way that i could put it is is it's costing us more uh-huh. to provide to, to keep up with demand so right uh and there's a lot of there's a lot i'm not going to bore the listeners but i there is a lot to this so for example, supply chain issues still occur. Sure. If you go to the grocery store, things aren't as plentiful as they were. That's so obviously, right. obviously there's going to be a, a decrease in, in actual donations of food. Um, and then the demand's higher. And then the cost to run a business, you know, we're we're a logistics company essentially. So we have trucks and we have gas and we have utilities. And so it's it's been a, a very interesting last couple of years. And now with the price of goods going higher, um, what I will say is Sacramento, the folks in Sacramento County have been real generous to us. And I think that they, I, I do believe they believe what we believe, which is a, a, a more healthy community, uh, a more nourished and healthy community is a more productive, uh, community. And so I think people find value in supporting us. You know, we can still produce a meal very cheaply. And, uh, I think that, you know, I, you know, we are just kind of holding on, trying strategically to to uh, make sure that we have the resources. We're expanding our warehouse again uh, to, to bring in more food. So, you know, right now, um, I feel blessed that, you know, we feel blessed that we have all the partnerships and all the public support. But, you know, I mean, if you look out a couple of years from now, is it sustainable? I don't know. The demand is that high.
1: Yeah. I mean, does... Uh... Forget these numbers, but does do you usually see a spike in the summer? Like ten years ago, would would you see a spike in the summer? Not like this, but or or is that, is this unusual even compared to previous years?
0: This is very unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, I we started to level off. So, I mean, just to put it in perspective, um, before we had inflation, um, and if you remember. Um, it, it, just inflation started creeping up, and I think now it's at 8.3%. And that's mm-hmm. very significant for people that live paycheck to paycheck. It's Absolutely. very significant. So we never saw spikes. Now, summertime, we saw uh, a little dip because, you know, people are on vacation or people are gone or um, or kids are out of school. Uh, we would see an increase in children uh, uh, that we served. Uh, but overall, it stayed pretty steady where we saw an increase generally speaking was in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but when we're talking about an increase of maybe three or 4%, well, once the pandemic hit and and now these last couple of years, I mean, these are, these are incredible spikes. I mean, so uh, it, 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 I remember back in 2008, we, we saw a significant increase uh, with the recession. And you and I've talked about Mm -hmm. this and the number never really went down. So if, 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 this is If this doesn't change – now, inflation obviously will we'll go down at some point, but right. the thing is, out of necessity, more people are finding value in finding food programs, finding resources mm-hmm. from our nonprofits. I, I have a belief that when things shake out and the economy and inflation has declined somewhat, I think we're going to see high numbers for, for many, many years.
1: So is 270 an all-time high?
0: No, actually, 310,000 during the pandemic. If you remember the height of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we were over 300,000. Now, 270 this far out of the pandemic is absolutely beyond what I ever thought would be. And if you really put it in perspective, I mean, there's only 1.4 million people in the entire county.
1: Yeah, so that's that's like one in five. One, and it's one in six.
0: It's yeah. one in five. Yeah. And chi- children, one in four. Wow, so that just, that's that's it,
1: heartbreaking.
0: Oh, it, it's heartbreaking. I mean, uh, you know, there's uh, Sacramento's higher than the state and national average, and so you know, we we really got a, a, a big job to do. And you know, I, I I firmly believe that you know this is this is just a basic human need, and you know, when you start thinking of children focusing in schools, parents trying to focus on being parents, or getting up and getting their kids ready to go to school and then go to work. I mean, a lack of nutrition is really a serious situation. And the development of young kids, Yep. I mean, it, this is very, very serious. So, you know, as we increase, as demand increases and we try to, uh, you know, we try to, to make sure that we fulfill that, we're also at the same time trying to resource the highest nutritional value food we can. So food banking's changed tremendously.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, uh... Take me back, but uh, a number of years ago, it was mostly about getting calories into bodies, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, so, yes, yes, absolutely. We're definitely more strategic. We spend a lot more money. um, You know, um, if you looked at a pie chart, you know, Mm -hmm. about 25% of our food comes from grocery stores and retail. About 25% uh, comes from um, various manufacturers, wholesalers, some federal government. And then almost almost fifty percent, forty two percent, is from farms, hmm. and eighty percent of that's from farms in California that we buy. Right. So, uh, so I mean, it, it's it's a wonderful situation. But you and I talked about when you're providing perishable product like like we want people to eat, you know healthy proteins, uh, eggs, milk, uh, other dairy products, fresh produce. You know that for the system. Now for the recipient, it's wonderful. But for our emergency food network, if you will, all of the pantries, all the after school programs, they require a, a significant amount of cold storage. So, mm-hmm. you know, as we move forward as, as the regional food bank for the entire county, we're trying to build capacity, particularly infrastructure and cold storage and transportation throughout the network because uh, the demand's so high and, you know, you, you just got to up your game in terms of the logistics.
1: So I know you you you're well connected throughout the country. What what is a food bank in in the middle of North Dakota where I mean yeah they re- raise some grain and they raise some potatoes but they don't have the fruits and vegetables and and all the things that we have here in the valley. What what do they what do they do especially in the winter?
0: Bob that is a, that is such an excellent question. And so first my first answer is, is we are blessed in the western region of the United States. It's not just California, but California is more blessed in place in terms of variety and the availability so if you're in north if you're in north dakota more than likely you're either importing from california or texas or arizona product it's costing you a lot more but the variety of food in south in the north dakota food bank compared to sacramento is is way different so a lot more staples a lot more canned food sure um and and, in some of these states have some very interesting programs like for example in montana you know that there's 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 hunters and there's sure. there's uh people yeah. that fish that donate uh and, and so it's a very very different situation but the amount and variety of food in california uh as we know as californians is just and, and it, it it translates to food banking we just are able to offer our uh, folks just so, so much
1: more food and so much more variety of food I remember when, when our kids were little, we were driving up the valley and uh, on vacation. And, you know, we, we always play a contest if you're in the North Cascades Highway in Washington. You give them a, a, a dime for every waterfall they see or something, you know. And, and I said, okay, because we're leaving early in the morning. I said, by the time we get to Redding, where it pretty much all ends, how many crops can you? I'll give you a dime for every crop, you, you can point out, maybe you don't know what it is, but we'll stop and we'll figure out what it is. It came up with like 54. It was like, yeah. I figured they'd give me eight or 10. I ran out of dimes. And it, it just goes on and on and on the different things. I mean, we raise something in, just in the Central Valley, something like 25% of the US food supply, not even counting all the stuff we ship overseas. The almonds and everything else—it's just mind-boggling.
0: It is, and we're, we're we're lucky that we we and you and I again talked about this that the cooperative buy we do with forty other food banks in the state of California allows us to buy produce for pennies on the dollar. So, you know, the difference is is fifteen years ago, food banks really didn't buy food; they they relied purely on donations. If we did that now, although we have a lot of wonderful donors, we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to meet demand—not even close. So. Um, to be able to cooperatively buy with all these other food banks means the volume is really high, and we're buying at a considerable discount. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's really good for all food banks and all, all recipients. Yeah.
1: It's, and, and speaking of donations, I mean, one of the great ways, obviously, to be part of the Run to Feed the Hungry, but basically cash donations, that's that's what you can do the most with, the most good with.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes. Our buying power, I mean, is you know it's is tremendous. So, for every dollar you give to us, we can produce four to five meals. That's that's very significant. So, so
1: if I if I had a hundred dollars and I went to the grocery store and bought a hundred dollars worth of groceries and gave them to you, it wouldn't be anywhere near as valuable to you as if I gave you the hundred dollars.
0: No, again, because of our multiplier, our right. our ability in bulk and, and the deals that we've made with uh, mostly manufacturers and wholesalers. So, no, uh, ca- cash is cash – is, uh, or, you know, sure. uh, financial donations are best. But, you know, people find all kinds of ways uh, to support us. Um, and, uh, you know, the scale with which we operate now, we're buying semi-truck loads at a time. So it, it – uh, if, you know, the old days, you know, it, it, when we were in Oak Park, uh, you know, somebody pick lemons off their tree. You know, we'd say, bring them on down to us. You know, if if they have that now, we're very grateful. But we generally will send them to a, one of our agencies that's in our network that's closer to their home mm-hmm. simply because they can. It's closer to them, and uh, it, it uh, the scale just makes sense.
1: Are you having any of those automated semis with no drivers uh, delivered to your warehouse? <laughs>
0: no, no, we're we're we're. Uh, <laughs> That probably will hit food banking last.
1: I was I was watching one. I think it was delivering to a Walmart or a Sam's Club. It was it was a video oh, a month or so ago, and it showed it leaving the warehouse, merging onto the freeway, actually moving over into a faster lane, coming back out, getting to the to wherever it was going, backing up to the you know to the unloading dock, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's breathtaking. <laughs> It's like I never thought I'd see the day.
0: Yeah, I'm not too comfortable with that. I, I'd, <laughs> I'm <I'd>, not either. <laughs> I, I think I'd rather have a, a driver in the seat. Uh, I feel much more comfortable with that.
1: Amen. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So, uh, have you come up with a T-shirt yet?
0: We have. It's on our website. Very proud of it. It's pretty. It's it's a basic design, but it, I think it depicts uh, Sacramento pretty good. And um, we. Uh, Yeah, I I think people have got excited about the the design and the color, Um, so we have some uh, kind of some neat uh, prize gifts for fundraisers, and, uh, you know, we're having the pack and pick up again at uh, Fremont Presbyterian Church, right, uh, by the Scottish Rite, Mm -hmm, by Sac mm -hmm. State, right there, so we're, in fact, we just had our first, uh, not Run to Feed the Hungry meeting, but our first committee meeting today, and uh, things are going well, and we've had a lot of good response from sponsorships, and uh, a lot of folks are donating beyond their registration. So, I mean, the 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 the, the event is just such a blessing for us. It's such a great, uh, as I've said, platform for us to talk about hunger issues, and, and you know things like our partnership with the diocese, and you know Bishop Soto's support of the organization in this event. You know, it's it's uh, it is it is, and and just to watch all the people with their families, you know, it's, I get such a kick out of seeing, uh, generations, you know, great grandparents yep. and grandparents and parents and children do this thing, uh, together. It's, it, and then all the, all the camaraderie with all the businesses and their employees come out. It's just, it's, it's, it, it is, it is really unique and special. And, I, I'm, again, I, we're just grateful to, that people come out and support, support the event and, and support our work.
1: Bishop will be the official starter again.
0: Oh yeah, uh, that, that that there's no question there.
1: Yeah. When he fires the gun into the air, does it does it bring down rain from heaven? <laughs> hey, we don't want any rain. <laughs> <laughs> not not any, not any day but that day.
0: Yeah. Any 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 day but that day. He can he can yeah any any day but that day. I know we're in a drought, but believe me, we do not need. Uh, no, not, not
1: need no no, day. definitely not. You know the Smithsonian's. When you hit thirty, they're going to want all those T-shirts back to the first one. The Smithsonian and the California Museum's going to want it. Everybody's going to want thirty T-shirts.
0: Hey, believe it or not, we have folks in Sacramento that that will have that will have already have twenty eight. They're going to have the twenty ninth this year. They will have the thirtieth. There's people that have done every single one. It's pretty. Right. It's pretty special.
1: That's that's really really special. So people can order. Can they order now? Yeah, so folks
0: can go to sacramentofoodbank.org or runtofeedthehungry.com and register now. Um, you'll see that there's some prizes if you uh, if you donate above and beyond your registration. Um, we uh, you'll be able to go online and see the t-shirt and order that as well, or you can also go online and register a business or a family team. And uh, yeah, we're. Uh, uh, I don't know what the official number is right now. I think there's about sixteen hundred folks that have registered, mm-hmm. and that's 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 pretty normal. You know, human nature is you don't you really don't register for the run until the beginning of November,
1: or until you've recovered from the last run.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or until you've recovered from the last run for sure. Yeah.
1: So, so you're going to offer the virtual run as well?
0: Yeah, that's actually I appreciate that, Bob. That 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 actually has grown to be a really uh, great. Um, uh, piece of this and uh, the ability for folks you know to stay home but to get a t-shirt uh, and to register and be a part of the event but be home so if there's you know if mom you know if mom or dad uh, or children take the responsibility to cook the thanksgiving meal uh, the person that stays home can, can order and get a shirt or if there's somebody from out of town or you're going out of town you can pre-register and get your shirt Uh, We do offer a mailing uh, of the shirt and uh, 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 opportunity. So, uh, but the virtual uh, has become such a wonderful uh, uh, source of revenue for us and a a great uh, uh, offering for people that just simply can't get there that day, but really want to support us.
1: You may uh, have to check your records and see if you ever mailed one to Africa. (laughs) I suspect somebody somebody wore it there. Yeah someone was over there and and gave, gave them that shirt. I, yeah,
0: yeah, that's quite, quite, uh, quite interesting.
1: (laughs) That's great. That's, that's just, that's just wonderful stuff. So Turkey drive, do you still have the Turkey drive as we remember it?
0: We do. Absolutely. And, uh, as, as a lot of folks know, we're, uh, we're consolidating our operations uh, on the bell avenue next year uh, right. but uh, we will have and, and we may change the location of our turkey drive eventually but yeah we're having the turkey drive strong as ever and uh, i mean that's i love i love the event it's wonderful that the public the general public and our supporters come out like crazy they really like it our recipients are so grateful to receive uh what what the turkey drive has turned into is a combination of turkey turkeys and uh family grocery gift cards. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously not everybody eats turkey and some of our agencies have a very difficult time receiving the turkeys cuz they have lack of cold storage. Sure. So so we're, you know, we're really doing a turkey drive and turkey gift certificate if you will. Very good. Uh, but uh, people, people come out, they love the event, I love the event, and just, again, it's, 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 we're just grateful to, to be able to build an event like this that happens year over year and people really get involved.
1: So what, what are the dates on that in terms of if somebody wanted to donate?
0: Yes, uh, come out Thursday, November 10th, the okay. day before Veterans Day. Very good. Uh, to to thirty three thirty three Third Avenue, our Oak Park location. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we will be... Uh, uh, there from six in the morning till seven at night. We hope to have a good turnout. The demand already from our agencies is higher than it's ever been. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, I,
1: there's something uh, very tangible. I know, especially doing it with family, uh, going and shopping and and getting getting something real to give to somebody, uh, especially Bob, especially with the the message to the kids. I think,
0: Bob, that's an excellent point. I call it a teachable moment. Right. But I've seen. Hundreds and hundreds of families do that exact thing, and it's just so special. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched parents really thoughtful about, you know, going to the grocery store, mm-hmm. letting letting their children pick it out, talking yep. about why we do this, why it's so important. Uh, there's so many conversations you can have from the point of leaving the house to getting to the grocery store yep. to going to the food bank. I, I, it's it, it, That's probably the most special thing. In my heart, to think about, uh, especially from the donor side, is there's just a tremendous opportunity to talk about, you know, your blessings and and uh, and helping other folks. And so, yes that, that's a bit that's a huge part of it, and that's probably the single thing I'm most proud
1: of. Yeah, there's there's nothing like hoisting a little kid up to look into the whether it's the freezer or where they keep the, the fresh turkeys and, and seeing, Oh, well, this one weighs 16 pounds. This one weighs 12 pounds. And (laughs) you know, they're, 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 they're they're getting a grocery lesson as well as well. Let's get them a bigger one, you know? And it's just, it's, uh, the whole thing is like you say, a great teachable moment. So, so uh, if somebody wants to donate cash, um, how do they do that? I mean, cash or you know, however people donate money these days.
0: You bet. You can go to our website. That's the easiest. SacramentoFoodBank.org. In fact, pretty soon we'll have a page up to donate uh, a turkey, uh, and uh, they're in increments of twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you can. Uh, that is that is probably the easiest way. You know, some folks prefer to uh, mail a check. Uh, you can mail a check to us um or you can call in a credit card um but uh, you know i I can't tell you how grateful we are for all of the community support bob we're so grateful for you and and the diocese and all the partnerships that we have we believe me we recognize and honor the fact that if it wasn't for all the folks that supported us we we couldn't do what we do so
1: we're we're just really grateful well we're we're grateful for you, Blake, and, and all the people that work with you, all your staff, all your volunteers, and all the people that donate, and, and of course, all the recipients. Uh, we pray for all of them, and uh, God bless you and your mission, and we'll look forward to our paths crossing again soon, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home, and we're going to figure out how many T-shirts we need this year.
0: <laughs> well, God bless you too, Bob, <laughs> and thank you always for giving us the opportunity, and thank Thanks to all, all your listeners. They're uh, wonderful supporters of our work, so thank you.
1: Great. Thanks so much, Blake. We'll talk to you again soon. That's, you bet. That's uh, Blake Young, who is the uh, CEO and president of the Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. we will talk to you again. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town. Of its suffering I do drink of its work I do sing on it my saviour both bruised and crushed, showing that God is the love.